Cortland Computer Services presents the Baseball Lifer Podcast. Well, hi there. Don Wardlow here, Baseball Lifer in Residence. Last couple of weeks, you've been able to hear the interview I did with Ricky Hill, the subject of the movie The Hill, that's been playing and continues to play in theaters around the country. And I wanted to open with a message for people who want to see that movie, but for whatever reason can't get to a movie theater. That movie called The Hill is going to appear first on pay-per-view and then on Netflix later on. Just an interesting note about pay-per-view. I've never been a big fan of pay-per-view, especially as it applies to boxing, because of the tremendous expense involved. They can charge up to $100 for one night of boxing that might not have any good fights on it. But the reason I'm bringing pay-per-view up is it didn't begin with boxing or even movies. The first idea somebody had for pay-per-view was the Los Angeles Dodgers showing Dodger games when Dodger Stadium was brand new in the early 60s. It didn't work out then, but it has certainly worked out over the last three decades or so. So the movie The Hill, starring Dennis Quaid and Colin Ford, after it has its run in the theaters around the country, will be on pay-per-view and will later come to Netflix. In a few minutes, we're going to have an interview with Bob Busser, sports historian and sports photographer. I've interviewed many a baseball broadcaster and baseball writers. Yes, I've interviewed a couple of those, but this is the first sports photographer that I've interviewed, and he's covered the waterfront, baseball, football, boxing, basketball, hockey. He's seen it all. He's taken pictures of it all. You'll hear from him in a couple of minutes. Before that, I have to tell you, I can't understand the collapse of the Texas Rangers over the last month. While that's happening, I'm equally unhappy about the rise of the Houston Astros. They're never going to be my favorite team. And I really hoped that either the Texas Rangers or Seattle Mariners would take their pennant away. They've won altogether too many American League West pennants in a row. Luckily, with the 12-team playoff system, at least one of those teams will probably be around to challenge the Astros when it comes to October. Next up, my interview with Bob Buster, sports photographer and sports historian. You'll hear him if you keep it where you got it. I am having such a problem at work. This is the second time this month I have had two computers down and I can't get my computer company to come to the office and fix them. I think they are too busy with other bigger companies. You know, I was having the same problem until we met Cortland Computer Services in Middlesex, New Jersey. They respond to most of my calls the same day either by accessing my computers remotely or by sending a technician to my office. Wow, that would be great. 
It is such a disruption when the computers are not working properly. I need somebody that can come out, see what's wrong, and fix it. On our first meeting, they surveyed our network for security, identified some problem areas, and set us up with security software designed to prevent malware, ransomware, and all of the other threats that are on the internet these days. They have been helping central New Jersey businesses for 30 years, and they have an a rating with the Better Business Bureau. You should contact them either on the web at courtlandcomputerservices.com or by phone at 732-356-8860. 732-356-8860. courtlandcomputerservices.com. Tell them you heard about it on the Baseball Lifer podcast and get a $100 coupon toward your first two hours of computer services. Back on the Baseball Lifer podcast, Don Wardlow here. In the past on this show, I've interviewed baseball writers, baseball broadcasters, and today, a baseball historian and photographer. His name is Bob Busser. Bob, welcome. Thanks, Don. It's great to be on your show, and hi to everybody in New England. And Bob, your story begins in a similar way to mine, just on a different part of the country. I was um, um, one of the transistor radio kids of the 60s, which meant you most people don't know what a transistor radio is. But um, I was eight years old, seven years old, and I would go to sleep with a transistor under my pillow listening to Vin Scully. And Vinny would talk about these ballparks, Ebbets Field, Crosley Field, Fenway Park, the polo grounds in the only way that Vin could do it. And he painted the picture. And uh, I have that day forward, I was like, I have to see these places. A lot of them were gone by the time I got there, like Connie Mack Stadium, of course, Ebbets Field and the polo grounds. But um, I, it's been a passion of mine since I was probably eight years old. So, um, and my first photographs were of a Dodger stadium in 1967, Dodgers Mets, Claude Osteen pitched a five hitter and won two to nothing. And I have two photos on my website um, of that game. They're two black and white photos that I took with my old Brownie camera. And, um, uh, you know, it was with that, that archaic thing called film back then. So, you know, we've graduated a long way from film to digital. Give me an idea if you can, because I know the Brownie camera goes back a lot further than the transistor radio. Uh, the Brownie camera goes back to the 1920s. So what was a Brownie camera? It was just like this little box camera. I think it was 120 film that you, you know, back in the 60s, color film was very rare. So, you know, I, I took it with me and I had my baseball glove and I remember just taking two pictures. It was this little hand colored camera if you will. And, um, you know, I'm sure they're worth a lot of money. I wish I still had it, but I don't, um, you know, and, and it just, uh, it, that's how it started. And I, I went from there. I, a lot of trial and error. Believe me, I've taken a lot more worse photographs than, than uh, I, I care to admit, but you got to learn somewhere. You got to learn. And you went to a high school, which at the time that you went there, the one known name to come from there was the big train, Walter Johnson. There have been others since then, including Michael Lorenzen, who threw a no-hitter just this year. You went to Fullerton Union High School. Yes, I did. Class of 76. I graduated with um, 
uh, Keith Van Horn of the Chicago Bears, and Hobie Brenner was the of the Saints was a year behind us, and uh, he was seventy seven, I think. And uh, yeah, Walter Johnson went there, and uh, believe it or not, uh, Richard Nixon went there for a little bit too. And there's uh, Greg Owens went there, Archie Vaughn. Uh, there, there's quite a few players that went to Fullerton High School. On the Baseball Lifer podcast, talking to Bob Busser, and your dad described you taking your pictures as a quirky little hobby. And when you come right down to it, you've taken pictures of 900 venues, some 75,000 images. Those are some mind-blowing numbers to somebody like me who, you know, I may have about 1,700 baseball games in my recorded collection, but you've done a lot of things over a lot of decades that are quite special. I I am lucky in a lot of ways. Um, I I thank my wife Noreen, um, who is my biggest fan, and she allowed me to be me. Which um, when I was younger, that didn't happen with my parents. We didn't have a great relationship growing up. But um, I it got me in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I have photos on display in Cooperstown in the Sacred Ground exhibit. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's a thrill to me. And, uh, even Fullerton high school put me in their wall of fame. So, uh, you know, I'm, I, and I, I'm not, um, trying to low key this or anything, but I'm just a regular guy who does what he loves to do. And, and I make people happy. Uh, my Facebook page is, is blowing up because people love what I do. They love to see the different ballparks. Now, the first time you had a press pass, this was in 1977. Anaheim was going to play the Boston Red Sox, and you got to meet a real rarity. You got to meet a Canadian Major League Baseball player who's also in the Hall of Fame, Ferguson Jenkins. Yeah, I, it was, uh, I was 18 years old. I was taking a photo class in, uh, at Fullerton College, and I BSed my way into, uh, which is a, a historian of photography. You got to do that sometimes. Um, I got a media pass, and it was a 7.30 game back then, and I was there at 3 o'clock. So I'm scared to death. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, I've never done anything like this in my life. And uh, I walk onto the field. The first one to greet me was Fergie. He sees I have a camera. We started talking. And uh, he introduces me to my heroes, Yaz. Um, I had a picture taken with Yaz from Fergie. And, uh, you know, I um, it, it was an experience that I will never, ever forget. And um, I'm getting ready. Um, you know, the game's getting ready to start. And uh, Fergie and Jim Rice are looking at me. And they go, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go sit in the stands and take some photos. Go, no, 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 no. You're sitting in the dugout with us, and I'm not making this up. And um, so they hid me from Popeye, Don Zimmer, because they didn't want Zim to see me. And <laughs> so I had George Scott, who was like as big as a house. He was sitting next to me and, and Pudge and all these guys. And um, it was uh, – there are so many stories I have from that game that it, it, they're still – it was like it was yesterday, and it was – Probably my greatest sports thrill. I mean, I it was just a regular game, but it, I did something that you cannot do. I sat in the dugout for a major league game. You can't do that. It ain't going to happen, you know, because there are rules. And uh, I broke the rules a little bit, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> One of the iconic historic baseball parks, there's talk of them trying to restore it and be able to play in it in 2024 at least for one game and that's would be rickwood 
field in Birmingham. Have you ever been there? Several times. Um, it is one of my favorite places because it's you walk in there and it's a step back to the early 1900s, 1920s, 1930s. Bare bones. Um, I was there when they had the original press box in 91, but it was condemned. They had to tear it down. And you just walk in there and you can you can see Willie Mays running in center field. You can see that Babe Ruth played there and Ty Cobb and all these guys. Uh, it's it just it's uh, uh, patterned after Forbes Field in Pittsburgh. And it is it, if you're a baseball fan of any ilk, you got to go see that ballpark. It's um, it, it's it's historic. It's one of my favorite places to photograph. On the Baseball Lifer podcast, talking with baseball historian and photographer Bob Busser. I'm going to talk about a couple of my favorite ballparks. The one above all for me is the house that Ruth built. I went there in 1988, 89, and 90 before I became a professional, never imagining a wrecking ball could ever hit that place. Tell me your impressions of the house of Ruth built. I agree with you. They they should have never torn it down. They tore down a living history museum, and I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. But uh, I took my wife there in 2002, and she, she, we're walking the upper deck. They're playing the Giants and Barry Bonds, and uh, my wife was looking at me like, Babe Ruth played here. Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle played here. She was in awe. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was awe-inspiring. You walk in there, and... You know, I mean, they have the monuments in the outfield and, and everything else to go with it. But it was it was one of the most iconic buildings in sports. It, it, it's up there with uh, the old Boston Garden, the Montreal Forum, places that are gone now. And, of course, Yankee Stadium is gone. And they moved into the mall park next door, which I'm not a big fan of. Sorry. It's just it's it not. No, I, I would rather go see a game at old Yankee Stadium. I know it had its problems. Small concourses, I get that. I understand that. It was like Candlestick Park out here. But, um, you know, it, it, it had that that certain mystique about it. And truth be told, the Yankees don't have that mystique anymore. Teams hated to go to Yankee Stadium. It was like teams hated to go to the Boston Garden because they never knew what red was going to pull on them, you know, if they are playing basketball. It, it had that mystique about it that there was, you know, the leprechauns or the magic that went on in there. And how many Yankee fans or Yankee games that they come back time and time again, except for 04, but we won't get into that. <laughs> I wondered if somebody else would ever say that the new stadium is a mall park or Yankee Stadium light, which is my pet name for it. I'm sure that there there has been, but it, it just, I mean, you know, they have five-star restaurants and places where you can't touch anything or go because they're, Yankee, uh, you know, the Yankee police are out. No, you can't go down there. You can't go down there. You know, it, it just, it, it's not, you know, they still have the bleacher creatures in right in the, uh, the uh, judges chambers, but it's, it's just not the same, it, you know, cause uh, you know, the, the old bleacher creatures at Yankee stadium, <laughs> they were, uh, they're kind of like Philly fans. They, they had their own way of saying things and yelling and, um, you know, as long as it didn't get violent, it's all in fun. But once the violence starts and you start fighting, then it's not fun anymore. But it, it, Yankee Stadium was, uh, I am glad I got to see several games there and photograph it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Now, in 1995, 
Bob Busser, you didn't have an official invite to make a pilgrimage to the Hall of Fame. You went there just on your own nickel and you approached the people working there with some of your pictures and a miracle happened for you. Well, actually, it was on my honeymoon. Um, I, my wife, Noreen, is um, she she knows more about baseball than most guys I know. And I'm not I'm not kidding. If she knows things that just kind of I get. Wow. You knew that. that that's kind of cool. But she said uh, we went to New York City and she goes, I want to go to Cooperstown. So um, we're walking through the Hall of Fame. It's October of ninety five. And, you know, in October in Cooperstown, it's uh, it's not deserted, but there's not a lot of people there. It's the best time to go. And uh, she sees the photo department and she goes, why don't you tell them what you got? And I said, they're not going to give it blank. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll keep it clean. So I walked in anyways and I met Pat Kelly and I told Pat what I had and what I did. And she goes, send me whatever you got and we'll see if we can use it. She she emailed or uh, snail mailed me a while back, uh, later when I got back from my honeymoon. She said, "Send me all you've got. This stuff is amazing." And I've known Pat. Pat's now retired, and uh, but Pat is uh, was my is my Hall of Fame contact, and I still know a lot of people there. And uh, um, you know, it, it, it's it, it's my biggest uh, sporting achievement, I guess. You know, I mean to say I'm a Hall of Famer. Um, Jeff Idelson, the president, told me one time, um, his, uh, his girlfriend, Jean Fruth, is a photographer, too. And he told me, he said, Bob, you know, there's less accredited professional photographers in the Hall of Fame than there are players with their photos. And I'm like, wow. And Jean said, yep, he's right. And it, it's kind of cool, you know, to have my stuff on display there and people can see my work. It's, it's, it brings a smile to my face. On the Baseball Lifer podcast with baseball historian, photographer, Bob Busser, to take your pictures from the past into modern times. Before we talk about your Facebook page, which I will, there was, was and is a website. If you can tell us what that website is, the thing I know about is as of the time of an article you sent me, it had 16 million hits with no particular advertising campaign. Uh, that that's gone up a bit. It's had over uh, almost forty five million hits now. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's tremendous. I, I and it, it, it's mind blowing. Uh, the, the website is uh, com, just like like the way it sounds. And um, you name it, I've got it. I've got over close to thirteen hundred slideshows. I'm still adding all the time. I just came back from a trip in the Midwest in May. And uh, I do more than just baseball. I do football, hockey, basketball. And my big thrill now is colleges. I love shooting college stadiums and, and the old barns they play in. Some of them are, it just, it, it, it just brings you back to a different time. You know, I, I'm not so much a fan of the sparkling new arenas in college, but I like the old, the old, you know, like, um, uh, you go to, um, you know, like um, Dartmouth for their hockey team. They play in a in a great uh, igloo-type place. And before that, you know, they had one other building that's long gone. Um, but they used to play on uh, frozen ponds, a lot of the teams in the Northeast. And if you had a warm winter, you were out of luck. You know, you had to find a place to play. But uh, most of the colleges played on frozen ponds up until the 50s. Uh, they just, it wasn't a big deal back then. And, um, you know, it, it now uh, they have 
they have the Whale Yale, which is just an iconically cool looking building. It looks like a whale. And, uh, you know, it's, um, they're, they're compact, like 25, 30, uh, 3,000, uh, you know, 4,000 seats. It's perfect. And they're all, most of them are single level and it's awesome. Uh, I get a big kick out of that. And some of the real old barns, unfortunately, are gone, like Jadwin Gym at Princeton, the old College Avenue Gym at Rutgers. Those are both history. The old Connecticut Fieldhouse, which has been replaced by Gamble. But these give the home team an incredible advantage. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, Baker, uh, Hobie Baker Rink at uh, Princeton I mean, it, it was built in the 20s and you wouldn't know it. You walk in there and it is pristine. Of course, it's Princeton. There's not a speck of paper on the floor, on the grounds, but um, it's pristine. Um, again, the whale at Yale um, and uh, some of these places that they play, uh, that especially in the Northeast, you know, um, it, it's they 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 improve the facilities. They don't necessarily replace them. Unless it was like Palmer Stadium at uh, Princeton, which was pretty much falling apart. They had to. Um, there are some that they had to replace, mostly the football stadiums that were built, um, you know, in, in the early 1900s. It just, it, it was time to replace them. Uh, unlike Harvard Stadium, which has been there forever. Before I get to a subject I do want to talk about, which is the replaceability of modern ballparks, I do want to talk about your facebook page which is where i found you ballparks stadiums and arenas of the past and present and quite a facebook page it is thanks don i appreciate that and if you're on facebook anybody out there please go to it and i will uh it's a private page uh, so i keep out all the spam and the riffraff um i try to as best sometimes you have to weed them out but um it's just again my wife she said, why don't you put a Facebook page up? I'm like, nobody's going to care. It shows you what I know. Uh, you know, 6,100 followers later on a Facebook page is crazy for a specific topic like ballparks and arenas. And, and these people, I have regulars on there, and, and they get mad if I don't post once a day. They're like, are you alive? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, a, it's a fascinating subject. Let's face oh. it. Why is it that? Turner Field was replaced after only 20 years, and they're talking about replacements in Chicago for Comiskey, replacements in Milwaukee after only about 30 years, and and for Chicago, it's more like 35, maybe 40. Why is this even necessary? Why aren't the parks holding up the way the older ballparks did? There's nothing wrong with the parks. It's just these owners want new bells and whistles like, you know, um, can you top this like SoFi Stadium in LA and, and uh, uh, where the Raiders play in Vegas and, and, and uh, some of these newer ballparks, you know, the, all these owners want, you know, they want, the, of course, the cities and everybody to fork up the money for it. And it's become the era of disposable ballparks. And I wrote about one the other day on my Facebook page, the one in Arlington, uh, the, the names is all the names. Lord life. Thank you. Thank you. Good save. And, it, you know, there was nothing wrong with it except it didn't have a roof. And they could have figured a way. To, I think they could have figured a way to put a roof. But, you know, it's Texas. we got to be bigger. we got we got to compete with Jerry World next door, you know, where the Cowboys play. And um, it, it, it's sad because that was a great ballpark. I, it, 
reminded me a lot of Tiger Stadium because it had the overhang in right field. And, uh, you know, I, I pictured Tiger Stadium, you know, which is one of my favorite ballparks. Um, and, you know, it, it was uh, it was a ballpark and now they're using it for uh, XFL, I think, and soccer. And, you know, um, they've removed some stuff around. But, you know, it, it's I don't know. It, it's these disposable ballparks. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, you get a 20 year old stadium. Oh, we got to replace it. Come on. You don't need to replace it. Final topic for Bob Busser, sports historian and photographer on the Baseball Lifer podcast. You've been given an award from the Baseball Reliquary, and I meant to ask you to tell me the name of that award for fear of me messing it up, and then I forgot to do it before we went on. It was the Tony Salen Award, and I was the only photographer to get it, and um I was shocked when they uh, emailed me and said, hey, you're up for this award. Of course, I say, congratulations, you've won. I thought, okay, it's spam. But the the, uh, the um, it was from the Reliquary website. I'm like, wait a minute. this and, and I read it, and I'm like, wow. So I told my wife, and she goes, oh, my God, that is awesome. And, you know, I got to give a little uh, speech there. But, it, but it, it it's nice to be recognized for what I do. I, you know, I don't do this for the glory and, you know, oh, look at me, look at me. I do it because I love it and I know people enjoy what I do. And, um, you know, I'll talk to anybody about ballparks. I'm very approachable and people have run into me at stadiums and at the Hall of Fame and they're like, you're the ballpark guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm just a regular guy with a camera, <clears throat> which the first thing I go somewhere, first thing I pack is my camera. So cameras. So and we're ready to go. Everybody knows Cooperstown. Everybody knows the Hall of Fame. Please tell me about the baseball reliquary. Where is it? What is it? It's a um, it's um, kind of a uh, uh, Terry Cannon started it years ago. And right after I got in, Terry passed from uh, cancer. But um, it's kind of like a tongue in cheek um, uh Baseball Hall of Fame, they nominate people uh, and put people in that um, J.R. Richard got in with me. And that was one big man. I mean, he was he was a big man. And um, I got to spend some time with J.R. He's a very nice man. Unfortunately, we lost J.R. a few years ago. Um, but it, it's for the, um, I guess, the not the malcontents, but the uh, people that should be in the Hall of Fame that aren't like Dick Allen, you know, and. They did a thing with uh, Jim Bouton, and they have other people in there. Lisa Fernandez, uh, the softball pitcher, she's in there. She went in with me and uh, executives. It's just, it's kind of like a hodgepodge. It's their answer to the West Coast Hall of Fame in Whittier, California, at Whittier College. And um, it, it's 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 quirky. That's the best way to put it. It's quirky. And I like that. You know, uh, it's, it, it's, it's fun. It's meant to be fun. It's not you know, straight is straight laced. Like when, when the, um, when they do the inductions in Cooperstown, um, you know, where everything's proper and they have Jane Forbes Clark come out and they have the president speak and everything. This is, is uh, a fun time. Uh, they ring their cowbells to start the meeting or to start these ceremonies and they go from there. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And I, I, you know, Carrie, wherever you are, thank you very much for including the first photographer and only photographer to be in there right now which I take pride in that. Where is their headquarters? Uh, Whittier, California. It's at Whittier College. And the Salem Award is, as best I understand it, 
it it honors those who have shown an impressive commitment to the preservation of baseball history. And it seems to me, after bringing you on the Baseball Life of Podcast, Bob Busser, they sure got it right on the money with you. Well, thanks, Don. I appreciate that. It's, um, you know, my wife and I have been to more baseball games and I've dragged her to more fields and stadiums, and but she loves it. You know, we will, if we're on vacation, especially in Boston, we always make sure the Sox are in town, you know, and, and, um, you know, we, she's gotten to go to minor league games with me. And uh, I actually got to take my nephew to a Fresno Giants game or a Fresno, excuse me, a Fresno Grizzlies game a few years ago, right before he started college. And I got him in the press box and he looked at me and he said, Uncle Bob, this is where I want to be. He goes, this is so blankety blank cool. <laughs> you know, he was he loved it. He still talks about that to this day. And it's just, you know, you, um I, I've talked to people about this too. It's a very small fraternity that we're in, in the media and, you know, sports and music. I'm a big music guy too, but everybody knows everybody else. You know, you may not know them personally, but you know who they are and they know you. And it's kind of a nice thing. You know, you see photographers on the field and you, you, you talk to them and, you know, you share a few secrets. Uh, of course, there's some jerks, but most of them are really cool. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, you're sitting there talking shop, so to speak. You know, it's like you talking to broadcasters. You're talking shop. And it's a lot of fun, you know. Um, you, you learn a few things, you know, what the lighting is at a certain ballpark at a certain time or an arena or whatever. And, and it's just a lot of fun. And you make a lot of friends along the way. And I'm, I'm very proud to say I have a lot of friends in, in the industry, I guess, is a good way to put it. And Bob Busser has been my guest on the Baseball Lifer podcast. Thanks once again, Bob. Don, thank you very much. This was great. I, I really enjoyed this. And, um, you know, when I'm in New England, uh, the first beer is on me. Thank, thank you much. And when you when we come back, I'll have a word for you about next week's episode. If you keep it where you got it. I'm having such a problem at work. It's the second time this month. I've got two computers down, and I can't get my computer repair company to come to the office to fix them. I think they are too busy with other bigger companies to help us. You know, I was having the same problem until we met Cortland Computer Services in Middlesex, New Jersey. They respond to most of my calls the same day, either by accessing my computers remotely or by sending a technician to my office. Wow, that would be great. It is such a disruption when our computers are not working properly. I need someone who can see what's wrong and fix it. On our first meeting, they surveyed our network for security, identified some problem areas, and set us up with security software designed to prevent malware, ransomware, and all of the other threats that are on the internet these days. They've been helping central New Jersey businesses for 30 years, and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You should contact them either on the web at courtlandcomputerservices.com or by phone at 732-356-8860. 732-356-8860, courtlandcomputerservices.com. Tell them you heard about them on the Baseball Lifer podcast and get a $100 coupon toward your first two hours of services. Back with you on the Baseball Lifer podcast, following our interview with Bob Busser 
And believe me, if I did a show about every sport instead of leaning on baseball, Bob Buster and I could go on for hours and hours because he talked on a different show on the show called the Sports Roundtable, where I'm a panelist. He talked about boxing arenas, basketball and hockey arenas, and football stadiums from the past that he'd been able to either take or find pictures of. And he certainly had a good number of baseball stadium stories to tell on our program. As for baseball in the present, this weekend, the 8th through the 10th, I'll give you a few cherry-picked games to keep an eye on. This weekend, the Diamondbacks are in Chicago to take on the Cubs. Those two teams are both right in the thick of it. In the American League, Seattle's facing Tampa Bay. If the season were to end now, they would face each other in a wild-card series. Uh, St. Louis is facing Cincinnati. The Florida Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies are facing each other this weekend. Again, two teams that are in the hunt for the wild card. The San Diego Padres will be facing the Houston Astros, who are hotter than hot. They just destroyed the Rangers three straight. And I mean demolitions. 14 to 2 was one game, 12 to 4 was another one. Next week, we have guest Evan Weiner. Evan Weiner's particular portion of the sports world is the business and the politics of the world of sports. And he'll be our guest next week. And we'll talk about some of that. And he had some very interesting and very specialized baseball stories, which he talked about in a series of lectures and I got to go to one of those not too long ago and it was quite enjoyable to listen to. So Evan Weiner will be our guest next week on the Baseball Lifer podcast. Until then, try and stay cool. Enjoy your baseball. This is Don Ward though. Have a good week. (laughs) 